Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You go from like a willingness to worship to a demand for worship. Even in this perfect quote-unquote utopian society where you have like a one-world government, you have a one-world religion, you have everything that the world has been wanting to have, and you quickly go from like, you can't even make it optional. You must worship this beast. Whether you're a Christian or not, you must worship this image. And if you don't, you will die. Have you ever been roped into a pyramid scheme? It always starts out as an innocent curiosity. Then the next thing you know, you're signing on as an agent. And before you know it, you're a full-fledged card-carrying product ambassador trying to convert more unsuspecting followers. In today's message, Pastor James teaches you about how the Antichrist will demand to be worshipped by the world. He'll start out with flattery, but before the world knows it, the choice will become worship or die. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Revelation chapter 13 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Those who are destined for death will be killed, but do not be dismayed, for here is your opportunity to have endurance and faith. Here is your chance, God's holy people. For the ones who are going to walk through this story, but also for us today, you stand firm. You stand firm. You will not be shaken. You will not be moved. Let them say what they want to say. Let them threaten this or that or whatever it may be. Christians ought to stand firm. If this virus thing has taught us anything, it seems like the church is on shaky ground. And not talking about, I'm talking about like believers. We get so rattled. And I get it. I understand. I don't like anybody messing with my, with, with my schedule. I don't like anybody telling me what I can do and what I can't do, okay? No, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't care if you're the governor or not. I don't want you don't tell me what to do, okay? That's always been, unfortunately, my motto in life, okay? It's got me in a lot of trouble, okay? But Christians stand firm. You stand firm. What does that mean? You stand firm in your relationship with Jesus and in your confidence in who he is and what he has done. But what if they're telling us we can't sing songs? Stand firm. Stand firm. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid. And the world doesn't need to see the Christians as being, now listen, I get it. Fear is, is it's, it's a, an emotion. It's a thing that we all go through and all that stuff. But the world, especially right now, the world is it's just so full of uncertainty. They're looking for like, does anybody have hope? And us Christians should be standing firm saying like, I, I got some hope. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I can understand what these guys are going through. I mean, it's saying like, listen, you're going to get arrested. Some of you guys are going to be, di- you're going to be dying. But even in the midst of that, you still have people on this planet who are like, but who, is there any hope? And that's why Christians must endure. That's why you have to keep following Jesus. That's why you, it is always too soon to give up on him. You stand firm and you say, I, I have hope. And his name is Jesus. 
His name is Jesus. Tell me I can't sing. That's fine. That's fine. Because I know worshiping God is not all about singing songs. But I will sing songs. I will sing songs. I'll walk around singing a song in my heart all day long. Okay? All day long. You, I will follow the Lord. I will keep my eyes on him, and I will follow the Lord. I will not be afraid of any person or anything. I will stay focused on him. And this is what, I mean, I, I think really the Lord has dropped this right in the middle of Revelation as an encouragement for, for John, for his listeners, but also for us today, where the Lord's like, listen, you just stay, just stay standing, stand firm, stand firm. Don't give up. Don't give up. Let's look at this last guy. This one kind of goes by pretty quickly here. Uh, the beast of the earth, or out of the earth, or from under the ground is what the uh, Message Bible says. It says, then I saw another beast. I love these descriptive terms here, the beast. Um, that's actually a term of endearment in my house. So if you ever go to our house and you hear Nellie calling me a beast, that means she loves me, okay? Um, that just, that's, it's a term of endearment. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Uh, she got that from her dad, who might even be watching tonight. He called all his daughters beast, okay? Beast. So she shared that with me. And you can imagine me being called a beast for the first time. I'm like, what? Like, that's not, no, no, it's a term of endearment. I'm like, okay, uh, I need to change the way I think because uh, we, we run on separate planes here. But uh, beast. This is not a term of endearment. This is a, uh, this guy is, this guy is literally a beast. He came up from out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb. And he spoke with the voice of a dragon. So he's got two little horns. Not very like intimidating in one sense. But he is kind of frightening to the, to the extent of he looks like a lamb, but he talks like a dragon. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful when you show up to church and maybe whoever's speaking, like, well, they look like it, but they don't really talk like it. Just be careful. Just be cautious. Because this is another great deception. This is a counterfeit. Satan loves it. Even now in churches today, can, are there counterfeits? Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. Absolutely. I think there's probably a lot of people. I don't know. I don't, I don't know everybody, so I'm not going to lump everybody into. I assume that there are plenty of um, individuals who look like lambs but talk like dragons in the church today. Just precursors for this. This will be the bad dude for sure. It says he exercised all the authority of the first beast. Okay, that's the Antichrist. Uh, and he required all the earth and those who belong to this world to worship the first beast or the Antichrist, whose death wound had been healed. He did astounding miracles, quote unquote, such as making fire flash down from earth uh, or to earth from heaven while everyone was watching. So he's got this ability to perform these signs and wonders. And so he's like the world's pastor is what he is. He'll be deemed as like the world's religious leader. You got a one world government. So you, what you need with that, because whether we like it or not, religion is an important thing. And it always has been within our world. So let's just kind of, why can't we just boil it all down to one? 
and we just have one religion, and we'll have one individual as we run a one world government with a one world currency system and a one world church, a one world religion, religious system. And this guy will be in charge of it. That's, that's the setup, okay? Now your brains might be spinning. You're like, oh, the Pope. It's gotta be the Pope, right? That's who this guy is. We don't know. We don't know, okay? We have no idea. Um, we have no idea, but I got my own thoughts and concerns about the Pope um, and everything, all the worship that's ascribed to that guy. Whoever he is, whenever you know they change over and all that good stuff, the system, I should say. But there will be this one world government, one world religion, and this guy's going to say, you know, demand worship from everybody. You should worship what? You should worship the Antichrist. Okay? And he's got these signs and wonders. Again, it's 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 a delusion. It says, with all the miracles he was able to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belong to this world. And that's, again, that's the key term there. Belong to this world. Belong to this world, all right? Um, it goes on to say, uh, he ordered the people of the world to uh, make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. This is interesting. So they're going to establish this statue and this kind of in my brain starts immediately causing me to go back into the book of Daniel and, and how there was, a, there was a statue that was uh, erected back then, a solid gold, and, and there was a, a demand for worshiping that image as well. And if you didn't worship that image, then what? You were going to die. You were going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And out of everybody who was there, we don't know how many people were actually there present during that little worship service. Uh, but we do know for sure that there were three individuals who said, um, yeah, I'm going to pass. I'm not bowing down to that thing because I don't bow down to idols. And they're like, all right, into the fire you go. And they throw three dudes in there, and there's four guys walking around in the fire. <laughs> and you're like, what? It was, oh, that's Jesus in there with them. Why? Well, what these people need to be reminded of and what you and I need to be reminded of, even if we're not living during these days, what we need to be reminded of today is this. Jesus is in the midst of the fire with you, with you. He's there with you. What did he say? I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. If it was true for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's true for you today. And it'll be true for these people on that day. But this false prophet's like, hey, um, all you people, you build this image and you're going to worship this thing. Now, this gets really weird. He orders them to build this great statue, and it's a great statue of the first beast. So it's maybe like this great image of the Antichrist, okay? And they're, they're worshiping him. It says, he was permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. So here's where, I mean, again, you go back 100 years, and you're like, what? How is this even possible? But now, you're like, duh. I mean, in Japan, they made, they actually have like artificial intelligent AI deities that you can worship and that will speak to you. You don't even have to leave your home. You can worship them from the, from the comfort of your own home. And these things have been given life, so to speak, to where they can intelligently communicate with people. Crazy. It's all just kind of, I mean, I love 
Look, I love, I love knowledge. I love how, because I don't have a lot of it. Um, so I admire, I admire it in people who do have it. I love science. I love technology and all that stuff. This is just, we're just quickly progressing down this road to where an image could be constructed of it. We don't even know what, this, what, what the image is actually going to be. It could be, maybe it's a, a, an actual, this person, artificial intelligence and all that stuff, but life has been supposedly given to it. And people are like, this is amazing. We'll bow down. This is like Abraham Lincoln at Disneyland, right? Like, this is incredible. Like, he's like, you're really there. No, he's not. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. So they, they have to worship it. Well, this is fascinating because you see the subtle shift. There was a very subtle shift that happened there to where it was like people, you go from like a willingness to worship to a demand for worship. Even in this perfect quote-unquote utopian society where you have like a one-world government, you have a one-world religion, you have everything that the world has been wanting to have, and you quickly go from like, you can't even make it optional. You must worship this beast. Whether you're a Christian or not, you must worship this image. And if you don't, you will die. Now that's an easier sell to people who are not believers but it says here that anyone refusing to worship it would die. It just, it's, it's a very subtle thing that, that takes place there. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? And so it goes from this notion of like people at the beginning of this chapter were more than willing to worship this thing. They were in awe of the Antichrist, more than willing to worship him, more than willing to follow him. You get the false prophet that comes on the scene makes this statue, and there, we know that around this time that the, uh, you know, the, the great desolation is going to be taking place, where this image is probably set up in the, in the actual temple, uh, and this Antichrist is demanding worship from all people, but the false prophet, they, the one world pastor, I'll call him, says, look, if you don't want to worship him, then, then you die, then you die. And we're like, no, how, you can't do that. You can't do People have rights. No, they don't. No, they don't. You have rights today, and you can praise God for the rights that you have today. But whatever rights you have today will quick, quickly be gone tomorrow. You need to understand that. We should count our blessings. We are privileged in the sense of, like, you're born in an amazing time, and I really believe into a country that, as flawed as it may be, is amazing that these guys would try to hold on to certain rights, right? Give you the option to like, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to worship anything if you don't want to. You have that choice, okay? That will all be gone. That will all be gone. It'll all be gone. You have no rights. You either worship or you die, period. That's it. Verse 16, he required everyone, great and small, rich and poor, slave and free, slave, yeah, slave, slaves are around today. Please know this. Please know this. I'm very, very passionate about slavery and modern-day slavery. It is a problem. It is a, an epidemic. It is a big, huge problem in our world. We sometimes think that, oh, no, that was done away with and all emancipation proclamation. Now. No, no, 
No, there are still slaves today, and guess what? Even in the end, there will still be slaves. It's a sad reality of humanity. Poor, slave, free, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. All right? So you get something that, what? This is another counterfeit. It's another counterfeit. And we know that because we've read through the book of Ephesians, where in Ephesians we're told, listen, if you belong to the Lord, then the Holy Spirit is like a sign on your, what, forehead. You've been sealed. You've been sealed. Well, here Satan's like, well, I need my own seal. I know my own seal to, you know, to show like who, who is pledging allegiance to me. And so either on the right hands or on their forehead, some sort of seal is placed on them. Now, is that like, is it a barcode? Everybody always, it's, it's a barcode. It's got to be a barcode, right? Because, you know, the first two lines, then the middle two lines, then the last two lines. It's a six, six, and six. Do your research. I mean, that's it. That's it. So I remember hearing a guy talk about that. And I'm like, maybe. I don't know. It's a microchip. It could very well be a microchip. Could very well be. I think, if anything, our, their current days have shown us that people are gladly receiving, would gladly receive a microchip. Why? Well, because if I get this thing, then it'll communicate to other people that, well, I may be COVID free. And I don't have to wear my mask. I don't know. I don't know how any of that stuff's going to work. But you can see how these things are kind of lining up. And people are more readily entertaining the idea of like, well, why not put a chip in me? Why not? You mean all my financial information could be stored on this thing or on my head? And if I just walk into a store, grab what I want, and walk out the store, why wouldn't I want that? Well, you can do that now in Amazon stores. You just walk in, grab something off the shelf, and walk out. And it deducts it from your Amazon account. Um, and there's a part of me that's like, that's so smart. Man, that's such a great idea. <laughs> um, that's such a great idea. Uh, listen, am I afraid of the mark of the beast? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Am I afraid that somebody's going to trick me into taking it? No. No. Not concerned at all about that. Why not? We just keep reading. It says here, we got this mark of the beast. It says, wisdom needed to understand this. Uh, wisdom is needed to understand this. Let one who understands solve the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, which the number of man is six, okay? But uh, his number is six, six, six. Now, and here's where you get all your heavy metal, you know, album covers and all that good stuff, right? Iron Maiden and all that stuff. Six, 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 number of the beast. Um, is that, will it be 666 across your hand or your forehead, or maybe it's inscribed within a little microchip and all that good stuff? Um, we'll go into further uh, you know, depth concerning this a few chapters from now. Um, but I, I will let you know this. Uh, anybody who takes this mark, it's, they're, they're receiving it willingly, okay? So it's not like, okay, hey, here's this flu vaccine, and oh, we got you. You know, or we're going to test you for COVID, and at the end of this little Q-tip is a microchip, and we're going to chip you for, I don't, I don't think there's any credibility to that stuff. I've seen that stuff floating around. Nobody can sneak the mark onto you, okay? So please rest assured, please, Christians, please, let's just calm down, okay? Please, all right? Number one is this. You have the seal of God already on your forehead. Satan can't cover that up. He can't undo that. 
He doesn't have that power to, to remove that seal. So you're good. You're fine. Nobody can sneak the mark on you. That's not going to happen. When this goes down, people are going to be like, I'll take it. Hey, you can't buy or sell without this thing. Now, there's a side of me that's compassionate that kind of I could understand. And I can say it like this. I'm a dad and I got kids. And you're telling me the world is ending. And my dad or my kids can't even see a doctor because they're sick unless they have a mark, unless they have some sort of chip on their hand or their forehead. You're really weighing out some stuff there. Okay, so I, I don't want us to think like, oh man, anybody who takes this, this mark and stuff, they're fools, they're fools. No, sometimes they're just parents saying like, what am I supposed to do with my kids? I can't even find a doctor. Like, because when it says you can't buy or sell, that's not, we always think grocery store, right? We always think grocery store. Like you can't go to the market and buy food and stuff. That's true. But what about all the other places? What about if your kid's sick during the tribulation time and you're like, I got to take them to a doctor and they won't see him unless, so what do I do? Well, if you're a believer at this point in time, man, you're praying, you're praying. And here's what I know. The Lord is faithful. He is faithful. And he knows how to come to the rescue of people. Even in the midst of the end of the world, he knows how to take care of people. So for these people who are going through this time, when that's really a strong temptation, I would think, the Lord's like, listen, don't worry, I got you. Don't worry, I got you. I got you. I got this doctor. He'll check out your kid. It'll all have to be on the down low, right? It'll all have to be under the table kind of stuff. But I got, don't worry, your kid's going to be fine. The Lord knows how to take care of his people. So Christians do not need to be worried about the mark of the beast. You don't need to be worried about somebody sneaking that on you or anything like that. What we understand from this is that people willingly pledge their allegiance to the Antichrist willingly. And they say, sign me up, put it in my hand, put it on my head. I don't care. Just I'm, whatever you tell me to do, I'm all in. So that's um, just a little sidebar, right? That's our parenthetical break in, in the book of Revelation. We get to see the Antichrist. We get to see the false prophet. We also got to see this number, the mark of the beast and all that good stuff. Um, you can try to figure out who's the mark of the beast. You can do some really creative uh, stuff to try to, if you're trying to put that on Nero, my goodness. Um, yeah, I, I know a lot of people say that his name equaled up to that 666 and all that stuff. You have to jump through a lot of creative loops to, get, to make that work, okay? So I'm not, is, is it Nero? No. Was it Adolf Hitler? Nah. Was it, were those people possessed? Probably. Absolutely. Every one of our presidents has been labeled the Antichrist, okay? Like, do your, do your research. Every single one of them is like Trump right now. Of course, that guy's the Antichrist. Barack Obama, of course, that guy was the Antichrist. George Bush, everybody. We're all trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. Stop. Stop. Just be concerned about who Christ is. That's it. That's all we got to do. Just focus on that. When you got family who's worried about that stuff, or you tell them, like, oh, we went to church, we're going through Revelation, they're like, hey, tell, what's that Antichrist? Who do they think it is? Say, you know what? I don't even care. I don't care. All I care about is who is Christ? Who is he? That's all I care about. That's all I care about. Stay focused on him. Run the race. Finish well. Finish well. Hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken 
You've just been listening to another edition of Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Calvary Galveston is a church dedicated to speaking the name of Jesus into every life that tunes into this broadcast. The verse-by-verse teaching of Revelation comes to you from Pastor James Grizzle out of Galveston, Texas. If you're not in the area to spend time with us on Sunday mornings or on Thursday evenings, would you go to breadforthebroken.com to live stream our service? We promise that your faith will grow. While you're there, and if the Lord leads you to do so, there's a specific spot for donations of any size. We'd be grateful not only for this consideration, but also for your prayers. This is a powerful way to be connected with the ministry and to share Jesus with others. We want them to experience hope and new life in Jesus. You can get more information about that at breadforthebroken.com. We're so grateful that you took the time to be with us, and we trust that you'll come back again to hear more truth. In the meantime, though, would you email us with what's happening in your life, being sure to include any questions or comments about today's message. We seek to serve you better, and this helps us to do so. Just visit breadforthebroken.com. Once there, there's a contact tab at the top of the page that can get you started. We look forward to hearing more biblical teaching from Pastor James, and we hope that you're on the same page, so join us again. Well, we're out of time for today, and until next time, this has been Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.